Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, this morning's, uh, we're dealing with what's going on this week. Um, and you know, there's a lot of our past that you guys don't know that we really haven't talked about and, um, you know, and how things affect us. Of course, we were, we were on the verge of divorce eight years ago. Um, literally she was looking for a house. She was done. There was, there was, uh, I, I was in a horrible place, but also since then, uh, my mom passed away about three years ago and, and that was a critical stepping point because during that time, she also got Alzheimer's and I was extremely mad at her for leaving me when she was diagnosed. And I know that sounds strange, but in my head, it made sense. And in fact, it got to the point I even hated to be around her. I just struggled because she was leaving me. And uh, then nine months later, a friend of mine attempted suicide and I ended up hauling him to a hospital. Nine months after that, our daughter was almost human trafficked when we were with her in Savannah. And then three months after that, my friend shot himself and I was the one that found him. So there's a lot of baggage we're carrying and I'm not really wanting to get into them stories, but I am wanting to talk today about, you know, what do we tell ourselves? What does that look like? And, you know, I, I've been reading a book this week um, to really start trying to dig in because it, it this last month has been overwhelming with the thoughts in my mind. And, you know, I, I think back to when me and Susan were at the peak of our crisis. Um, you know, there were stories going on in my head that were not true. And what I'm finding out through this book, um, telling yourself the truth, um, you know, that is where Satan uses a shred of truth and makes it a new truth. And, you know, if you believe it long enough, it's, uh, it's in Proverbs somewhere, um, you know, uh, a man's thought is who he is. You know, it, it's, it's that whoever you think you are or what's going on predicts how you react to things. And that, that's been especially true for me for the last couple of weeks. Um, because the, the lies Satan was using were very possible. There was truth in them, just not, it wasn't fully the truth. And that's where God's been working with me to go back, um, you know, just, just some of the things I've repeated to myself over the decades is I'm, I'm stupid. I'm a failure. Um, I'm worthless. I mean, you know, there's those things that get caught in your head that are not true. And, uh, so anyway, I want to kind of dive into that a little bit today. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, with God giving me this book and showing me some things to start fighting it and I'm, Oh, probably about a third of the way through the book. So there may be more on the podcast in the future about this. But how much our head lies to us about a situation? And it's usually for me, it's an anticipation of what's going to happen. And I get into a negative mindset, which also can depress me, which also can give me anxiety, which can also give me anger and fear and 
all these emotions that are not from God. So, um, well, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I think a lot of us, the question that's coming to my head is why do we allow the voice of the enemy to be so much louder than the voice of truth? And I think to a point, the voice of the enemy is the things that we already believe about ourselves. Right. Um, I'm not worthy. I'm stupid. I'm a failure. Um, why would people want to hang out with me? You know, all these things have either at some point been you know, done to us, something's been done to us that has put that thought in our head. And so we've experienced it. We know it when a lot of times it's easy to forget the truth. The truth of the matter is we're a child of God. He created us. We're perfect in his image. Um, he loves us unconditionally. And for some of us, we haven't experienced any of those things per se. So I think it's harder to grasp onto those things than it is to just listen to what the enemy says because we've told ourselves that for however long. He's just confirming it. He, and that's, I guess, the point is he, the, the enemy, the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him, um, he knows what you think about yourself, just like God knows what you think about yourself. And the enemy is going to use it to keep sending those messages to yourself. You're a failure. Well, look, you look what you just did. You screwed that one up again, whatever the case may be. Whereas God is wanting you to reiterate the truth in you and, and the- you and, he, and he's he has grace, and sometimes we see God as the punisher, or you know I've disappointed him, so he must hate me. Well, and the thing of it is, is you can't know the truth of what he says about you unless you read his word. And I've got a whole list, literally fifty-five different verses that tell me who I am in Christ. Um, you know, I have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16. Um, I've been given a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline, 2 Timothy 1.7. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And so I think it's clinging, learning to cling to those truths versus over what Satan is whispering in your ear. Well, and I think that, uh, you know, with, with my friend committing suicide— um, you know, there was a lot of truths that Satan just pounded on. And, and uh, you know, this book's revealed to me, you know, a lot of times I think, David, that, that was a stupid decision. You shouldn't have done that. You know, there's a, there's a mind conversation that happens. And, you know, being saved and the Holy Spirit being in me. So what I'm telling him is he's stupid and and that was a, that was a concept i hadn't really grasped of you know what am i t- saying about god when i say it about myself if he lives in me 
So it it really has kind of opened my eyes in a different direction because it's it's challenged my head of what is true. And, you know, some of the examples they give, um, you know, what sentence are you telling yourself? I'm dumb. Thank you, Lord, for giving me intelligence. Mm. You know, um, I'm unattractive. Thank you, Lord, for making me attractive. You know, it, it, because through God's eyes, how do we look? And And that ties directly back into marriage because... As long as I stare at Susan, she's broken and flawed person. Guess what? So am I. So we can pick out our brokenness and our flaws and make a big deal out of them. But when you look through God's eyes at, you know, they're, they're a perfect child. I mean, if you think about your own children, you know, thinking about ours, you know, we never get to the point where we hate our children. Right. We, we always love them. Yeah, there's times they disappoint us or, or things, but at the end of the day, we still love them and would do anything in the world for them. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we don't apply that to God as we're children of God. And so, you know, it, it gets to be this, oh, well, you know, I'm lonely. Okay, you're, you're, you may be alone, but you're not lonely because God's with you. And there is people who care, but you're, sometimes we choose to shut them out. Right. And, it, you know, when you start looking at this, um, I we've got a friend that there is, again, the cup's always half empty. Um, you know, I need more money. I need more. I God hates me. My life's horrible. Well, when you start breaking it down, that's really not true. What did what is true? His expectations are not being met the way he feels God should be fulfilling them, and that's a trap I think we all get into sometimes. Um, well, yeah, and I think you know not only when we have negative self talk towards ourselves, not only are we, you know. Um, does the Holy Spirit live in us? And we're talking when we bash ourselves, we're bashing him, but we're also, we're talking about God's creation. I think we forget that God created us in his own image and we are created to be perfect. Now that doesn't mean that we are perfect by any means, but it just simply means that how can we be stupid or an idiot or ugly or whatever we tell ourselves when the creator of the universe hand-knit us in our mother's room and created us, he does nothing that is not perfect. Um, but I think it's easy to forget that because, you know, we perceive, well, people don't, whatever. A good example is yesterday I had a woman's leadership meeting and I went and sat at a table and I was there by myself and I'm thinking, nobody likes me. Nobody's going to come sit with me. And I was praying, Lord, help me not to feel isolated. Help me not to feel alone. And then eventually somebody came and sat beside me. But, you know, the things that we tell ourselves um, are just lies. And Satan wants nothing better than for us to feel alone and to feel isolated and to feel like we're not worthy of somebody sitting with us. Not to mention the simple fact that the people that I was hoping would come sit with me are worldly people 
and like David said earlier, I wasn't alone. I was at a table by myself, but God was with me and he showed up and he was faithful. And it's just those little instances that happen that you think, you know, why would somebody want to sit with me? I have nothing to offer. Why, you know, nobody wants to be around me because um, I'm not fun or I'm not, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and that is a reflection of what you think about God. Yeah, and I, I think back to the Joyce Myers uh, days because there, there was a period of time God used her to speak to me, and it, it was perfect timing. And But uh, she said, you know, there are bad spouses out there. Absolutely, there are bad spouses. There are also spouses that don't meet your expectations. And if you if they're just not meeting your expectations, I can tell you, there's someone out there that's lonely that would love to have them. Mm -hmm. If you hate your job because it's not meeting your expectations, there's somebody that would love to have your job. And so, you know, I think sometimes this telling yourself the truth, um, it kind of gets to be truth. And I think back of, you know, um, one of my statements that I, I've told myself for years, I'm, I'm dumb or I'm stupid. And, you know, some of those, those are actually been ingrained in me a very long time through the world, through family, through different situations. But what's happened is they become my reality. Not because they're true. It's because that is what I tell myself every day. And now this book's kind of showing me the lies I tell myself and where Satan jumps on and just starts pressing that button and pressing, it'll never work out, never work out. And that's one thing, you know, in your own part, you know, really everything's impossible. But with God's power, everything is possible. Yes. And I, I think so sometimes we, we're not, we don't understand God in the sense of he doesn't do what we think he should. So in turn, he must not know best. And I know that sounds really stupid, but when you're in the moment thinking it through, you're thinking, well, here's the best way for this to end. When really, it's kind of like that old song from Garth Brooks, Unanswered Prayers. You know, I'm, I'm, I prayed for her to be my wife. Now looking back, I'm glad she's not. Well, God knows how the story ends. We don't. Mm -hmm. And I think so when we put our worldly perspective on things, it's like, oh, well, God should do this and that would make me happy. That ain't going to make you happy because you're still going to be negative about everything else. And so it's really been a true eye-opener for me this this week of who really is God and what does he look like? Well, and for me, um, you know, something that I was struggling with today or this week was um, I just don't really understand I guess, the concept of unconditional love. And I went on a walk yes. this week, and I just asked God why he loved me. Um, and, and just I had a, 
overwhelming sense of him saying, I made you. I created you. I created you to be in fellowship with me. I want you to be in a relationship with me. I want to show you what love is so that you can love others. And, you know, my view sometimes of love is I feel like people love me because of what I can do for them. My, I, I can love people unconditionally, but I feel like the only reason somebody would love me is because I can take care of them. I can meet their needs. I can serve them. I can do all of these things where it becomes a performance-based love. And, you know, a lot of times if somebody asks me to do something and I can't do it, I feel like I have failed them. And then why should they love me? Because I can't fulfill what it is they've asked me to do. And it may be a simple daily task of like my daughter needing me to pick up or wanting me to pick up our granddaughter from daycare. Well, when I can't do that, I feel like I've let her down. And why would she continue to love me when I've let her down? And that's so not the definition of love. And I, I'm trying really hard to figure out where I got the idea of love has to be based off of what I can do for somebody. Because again, it's easy for me to love people unconditionally. I don't care what you do or don't do for me, I'm still going to love you, especially my spouse, my children, my parents, you know, friend, close friends. And so God just really is showing me um, what true unconditional love looks like. And again, it's based a lot off of the things we tell ourselves. I'm not worthy. I have to perform in order to be loved because nobody would like me just for who I am. And I'm also realizing I don't really know who I am unless I'm doing something for somebody trying to gain their love and admiration. Um, but then I go back to all of these scriptures and like literally there's 55 of them that tells me who I am in Christ and why he created me. And I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. I'm God's workmanship. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I've got to hold on to those things and I and I want to just get them ingrained in me because that is the truth. Yes. That is just truth. Whereas, again, the enemy tries to tell me all these other things that are just lies from the pits of hell. And I think once you can get these things of who you are in Christ, your identity in Christ figured out, then your relationship is going to be much stronger with God and you're going to be able to hear his voice louder than what you hear the enemy's voice. Well, and I also think that understanding what the lies are and that that's what this book kind of details. What are your misbeliefs? Where, where do you um, believe that something, because if you don't work on what the misbelief is you're telling yourself, then never goes away. And, and I think that when they come up, and that's what's been happening, happening to me more really the last two days, is when I tell myself a lie, I can identify it's a lie mm-hmm. and stop it right then and say, no, that is not true. Mm-hmm. I am a child of God. God does love me. 
you know, when I, I think if not, you really diagnose him what you're telling yourself. That's what this week's really been for me is listening to what I say to myself. Man, you did a great job. I don't take praise very well, never have. Well, now I'm trying to work through that. That's a, you know, well, you could have done better. Well, you did this wrong. You did that. You know, you, you start and it's like, you know what? Yeah, there's things I can do better, but I'm doing a great job. Mm-hmm. And and really trying to point it back to where what God is seeing me in me do, not what my eyes and brains are telling me the world's doing. And and I once in a while will get caught up in the Joneses thing. I don't I don't get caught up so much I go buy stuff, but I get caught up in that why do they get that and I don't? I probably I don't deserve it or what have I done wrong? Maybe you know and and then you go to beating yourself up and then it ends up turning and 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 those are the lies that I'm trying to stop by identifying them as they happen and trying to stop that, uh, you know, like Susan was saying, you know, that I have to serve people. No, we, the Bible doesn't say serve everybody and make yourself miserable. And, and we've talked about this before. Conflict has created change in our marriage. If it wasn't for conflict, we would not be here right now. And that's just true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think when you start looking at a healthy you, because you're no good for everybody else if you're not healthy. You create more problems. And and so it's just one of those deals that, for me, this has been a really valuable week because I'm finding out what lies that I'm telling myself. And it's not Satan telling them. It's me telling them. He just jumps on board and presses them. And where am I worthy? What have I done? Where where has God used me? What does God see me as? Turning that conversation around completely. Well, and the, uh, one thing that I just kind of want to, I don't know. You know, David says the Bible doesn't say go out and serve everybody. Well, it does say go serve. But like he said, it doesn't say you are to serve everybody that comes into your path and and you're not doing you're not going out to serve so that people love you you're going out to serve so that you can show the love of Christ and it's not a it's not something that you go out and do so that you can be blessed it's something that you go out and do so that others can be blessed and see again see Christ in you and but I think that can get very confusing in the sense of God calls us to serve others, but he doesn't want us to find our, our identity in that. Correct. Or he doesn't want us to, um, for us to base our value off of that. Yeah. We are to find our identity in him and our value in him while serving others so that they can find him and see him through us. Um, I hope that makes sense. No, that that actually makes a lot of sense because I kind of shortened it up. What you did was made it made sense because that's exactly what I meant. That was beautiful. Because the thing is, it's kind of like we do quite a little bit of ministry. God uses us in different places at different times. And 
and it, it, some weeks it's a lot, but it also doesn't always feel like a lot. Mm-hmm. So when we're just serving to be serving God, it's not overwhelming. It's not like, oh my gosh, all I've done is ministry this week and it's, it's wearing me out. It's, it's, what it ends up being is when, when I've looked back at some of my weeks when I've served God the most, I preached on Sunday, men's group here, this and that, and done different things. It doesn't feel like it was my whole week and it wore me out. It's like I want to do more because it's it's not about me getting the credit. And it's about God, me doing what God wanted me to do. And I think that's when serving wears you out that's that's where you need to start looking at are you really serving correctly yeah are you serving for yourself or are you serving for the lord and doing what he's called you to do and just you know a thought um as we kind of wrap things up i have a women's group that i'm in on tuesday and we were talking you know there was 10 godly christian women in this group and all of them have some sort of struggle that they're dealing with every single one of us and i so uh, and then one of them and i were talking after everybody left we're in a time of our life right now where satan is really working on everybody he is trying to trip up christians so that we fold for lack of a better word But I also believe that God is calling Christians to step up. Um, We're in a time of our, in our world, in our life, that where there's a spiritual warfare. There's always been spiritual warfare, but I feel like it's very heavy right now. And the more that we do for Christ, the more that Satan is going to try to trip us up. And so just being mindful that Satan is very real and he is trying very hard to um, get you, uh, pull you away from God and your walk with him because he wants the victory. Um, And just real quick, the speaker that at the meeting that I was at yesterday said something that it was really just great. You know, as Christians, we want to be light for Jesus. We, there's all kinds of we're the light of the world and all that kind of thing about light. But something that she pointed out was, Not only does light illuminate darkness, but light also draws bugs. And I'm like, oh, that is priceless. I got to write that down because it's true. We are the light of the world, but we're going to be attacked. And we're going, the, the brighter our light shines for the world, the more bugs, the more difficulties, the more, um, ugliness that is going to be drawn to us because light attracts bugs and so we're going to have those bugs that come up in our life and I just thought that was great because just being aware of it makes you realize okay well this is just you know because I'm doing something for the Lord and my light is shining Satan is not digging it like he's gonna try to trip us up yeah and that's the thing is when you start looking at a marriage and you start applying everything we've talked to today, talked about today. You know, at the end of the day, you can sabotage your own marriage and then blame everybody else. Mm. 
And when really it's the story that's in your head that's creating the problem, the lie you keep telling yourself. And that's why it, this principle of a, identifying the misbeliefs and the lies you're telling yourself is so critical because not only does it affect marriage, it affects your kids, mm -hmm. it affects your parents, it affects your work, it affects it affects every part of your life. But, you know, if, if the lies you're telling yourself at home is my spouse doesn't do this and by golly, blah, blah, you, you are creating the problem in your marriage. And, and that's what I go back and I look at the problems I created in our marriage was because of me. It was because of the lies. It was because I felt like I had to, and there was no truth of God in it. It was just what the lies I'd told myself all these years. So the thing is, at the end of the day, it's really about you and God starting to work through some of these issues because I can tell you the more I change and chase Jesus, the more Susan loves me because she can see Jesus through me. Yes. And the more I stay in my head, the worse my weeks are, the badder they are, and the more, not that she loves me less, but she sure don't like me some weeks. Mm. And it's just true because it's not her doing it. It's me doing it, telling myself the lies. So, you know, we just want to encourage you this week. If you're struggling or your marriage is on the rocks or there's things going on, I want to drag you back to the truth because the truth will set you free mm -hmm. because you're going to see yourself in a different light and the lies you may have told you, told yourself and that self-talk may be the biggest problem you currently have. Mm -hmm. So guys, bottom line is marriage is tough. Marriage is not easy and there's no good way to say it other than that. So all we ask is that uh, you keep chasing Jesus, grow with him, figure out what he's asking you to do, and keep learning. Have yes. a great week. Be blessed.